Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Wine, episode 381 from March 16th, 1997, a Sunday night show, with guest Mark Paul Gosler. Yep, Zach Morris himself from Saved by the Bell. Mark is making his debut of the Adam Carroll era, promoting the show Born into Exile. It's a TV movie of the week. Mark has one other known appearance of the Adam Carroll era from August 16th, 1998 on Classic Love Line episode 751. We do have a fan file of that episode, and there should be an official tape as well. Doc Drew explains that Mark has a long history with Love Line, saying he started guesting on the show about six to eight years ago, and he knows him very well. And Dr. Drew reveals he learned over the weekend that Adam's sister was a teenage runaway, as they discuss the theme of Mark's TV movie. All in all, great show. Mark's an excellent guest. His next known visit from 1998 is pretty awesome as well. Make sure to stay tuned for that. And as per usual, it's recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter, at podcast one on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like to check out more of my work, please visit SuperfanGiovanni.com. Mahalo, and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Two. Three, four, Welcome Love with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Love Line's meant for an adult audience. Love Line may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. All right, phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician and the addiction medicine specialist. And uh, tonight our guest is Mark Paul Gosler. You know him from uh, Saved by the Bell. He's the main guy. Zach, I'm sure, I'm sure Drew, you're a big fan of the Saved by the Bell. Huge. You've uh, probably up uh, on it. taped every episode. Every, how'd you know that? I, I know what you like. Yeah. All right. Uh, Born into Exile is the uh, name of the uh, TV movie of the week. That's uh, tomorrow night on NBC that he'll be in here talking about. It's about teenage runaways. Right. Actually, Mark Paul's been coming on this show for about six years or eight years. So I've known Mark for a long time. So you guys go way back. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, this is the first I've met him, but he seems delightful. Uh, he'll be in here uh, after the fir- first break. And uh, we'll get into teenage runaways because uh, I guess uh, that is our target audience. I the, found uh, out. I found out this weekend that your sister was a teenage runaway. Yes, which I didn't know. Um, and by the way, um, let's just call them runaways <laughs> because as an adult, uh, you really don't run away. Uh, You'd like to. Really, the <laughs> only kind of runaways there are the teenage runaways. Uh, when you're 23 and you move out of the house, that's uh, that's good. Good riddance. Don't come back. All right. Uh, what other kind of runaways would there be? Like infant runaways, a toddler runaway, a adole- adolescent runaway? I guess, yeah. They're all teenagers. Pre-adolescent teenagers. All right, yeah, you're runaways. Yes. My sister uh, flew the coop when she was about 13. Amazing. Yeah, look at her now. And and my position has always been that it's very unusual for kids to run away who are not being abused, usually physically in the home. Right. And you claim no. I was the only one physically abusing my sister. Uh, and there was nothing sexual about it or anything, just, you know, occasional seriously? spat. Seriously? We got into our uh, share of scuffles. That, that would qualify, because like, when we talked about this the other night, you're like, no, mm, no, nobody touched her. What? Huh? Uh, 
my dad thought about abusing her, but then he got lazy. There's something on TV, and he, he just couldn't get himself off the sofa. But he had a, a note on the refrigerator that said, abuse uh, oldest daughter. He just never got around to it. Uh, my family wanted to abuse, Drew. They were just were not motivated enough. You understand? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, no, there was no physical abuse. Just uh, the, the, uh, covert abuse. <laughs> just, uh, just laxed parenting. That was all. It was 13. Uh, it's 13 years. Uh, uh, a couple hundred years ago, uh, it was time to get married and till the fields. Roman That's and Juliet all. was about 13 years old. Absolutely. My sister was uh, Juliet. All right. You ready to get rolling? Let's go. Did I miss anything? No. Did, no. I, did I give out the phone number? Yes. I did? Yes. All right. Drew and I just got back from Atlanta, so you have to uh, excuse us uh, because it's uh, really only 7 o'clock to us. I don't know what it is, but happening, we, we spent uh, many hours on a tarmac and two aborted takeoffs. And let me tell you something. Uh, when you don't like flying, like Drew and myself, aborted takeoffs, uh, uh, not a good thing. Uh, uh-huh. There's just nothing worse than when that guy throttles up that big DC-10, you get chugging down, and then he shuts everything down. Very scary. And uh, there's actually a, uh, a, a friend of mine's a pilot, and I said to him, you know, they factor in the weight and how many passengers are on the plane and how much fuel's on the plane and all that. And then the way they work it is is they have a uh, – it gives you a certain readout. I guess it's like knots or something, miles an hour, whatever it is. And once you get to that certain point, you can't go back. Right. You got to take off. You got to take off. Yeah. And I that's why I said I said I, I said to him, "How come they put the landing gear up so fast?" I mean, you know, you're 8 feet off the ground, the landing gear's coming up. He said, uh, "It doesn't make a difference <laughs> after that." <laughs> landing gear ain't going to slow you down. Uh, that's comforting. Oh. So, uh we tried it two times, uh, looped around, they had to fix something on the plane. And then people started getting off the plane. Suspicious people, yeah. superstitious people, people who thought, oh, look, this plane is, you know, rightfully f- so. This plane is flawed. I'm getting off now. And then Drew came up and said, maybe we should catch another flight. And I said, no, 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 we're not doing it. We're staying on the plane. And then when you walk back to your seat there, Drew, back in coach, <laughs> I, thought, I thought to myself, now, wouldn't I feel like an idiot if this plane was going down and I was, the, you know, the last uh, words echoing in my head was, uh, no, we're staying on this one. This is apropos of the story you're telling us, too, about what, what people will do. They'll risk their life not to step out of line or embarrass themselves. Yes. All right. This is a good story. <laughs> I love the look on producer Ann's face. Ten minutes ago, we are going to calls. <laughs> now, uh, Drew has reminded me of a uh, story. All right. Let me explain human nature and my nature. So Drew and I were out of town working this whole uh, weekend, and uh, we had to take uh, a plane from uh, Atlanta over to uh, Panama City, Panama City, which is in Florida. And we had to take a little prop plane. It wasn't that little a prop plane. There was probably 110 people on it. Yeah, it was big. a big prop plane. Yeah. But the deal is, is there was a prop on the right wing and a prop on the left wing. And I was sitting right by the prop or the engine on the left wing. And that left prop never fired up they fired up the right side and they taxied out and they did a lot of taxing i mean we might we probably should have just stayed on the ground i think we could have made it to panama city faster we drove like uh, eight miles on the ground taxing and then we got to the point where we're at the end of the runway and i kept looking at this engine every five seconds because it wasn't it wasn't started it was just sitting there i was just staring at the propeller meanwhile the right one's buzzing away and everybody on the left side of the plane around where I was sitting, their faces were pressed up against the window, and they were all staring at this prop that wasn't moving. 
Now, meanwhile, we're just sitting there, and the guy's throttling up, and we're getting ready to take off, and there's no engine going on the left. And I'm thinking to myself, if we try to take off now with one engine and a plane with 110 screaming idiots on it, we're going to go, you know, uh, 150 yards, a plane is going to cartwheel, and we're going to taco into the ravine. And I thought, maybe I should get up and tell somebody. Maybe the pilots don't know. I don't think they know. We've been taxing the whole time with one engine. I don't think they know that left engine's not on. And everybody was sitting around me was thinking the exact same thing because they were all staring at this engine. Nobody made a move. We would rather risk death than uh, certain humiliation by standing up and saying something to the stewardess. Right. That's great human nature. Oh, Oh, thank God I can prioritize. (laughs) We're okay now. Paul, 18. We didn't taco. <laughs> Paul. Uh-oh. Uh, wait, the calls. Paul? The calls aren't potted up. Oh, this is bad. Oh, I see. Hello? There you yes, go. Yes. Uh, Engineer Mike is uh, on one of his many vacations tonight. We have a, we have a, a, a rookie engineer in, and that's fine. Paul. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, uh, calling because my girlfriend's parents uh, are giving me and my girlfriend some problems. Well, her mostly. They wouldn't give me any problems because they don't have the chance. What's the deal? The deal is uh, they don't know me, really. And so what's your question? So my question is, like, uh, is there a way that, that I could have my girlfriend, like, introduce me? Well, the deal is her parents would, like, never consider the idea of her having a boyfriend. So she has to hide you. Exactly. Well, uh, how are they hassling her? Or what are they hassling her about now? Well, just, like, they, they're kind of, like, catching on that, you know, she's seeing me. You or just that she has a boyfriend in general? Well, her dad, her her mom pretty much knows, like, who I am. She doesn't know, like, how involved we are. Right. Do they like you? They don't know me, though. But, I mean, they know of you, and you said they Do they you like are. you? No. no how no, old no, is she? Like, they hate my gut. How old is she? She's 17. All right. I thought you were going to say she was, like, 13. All right. Why and do they, they hate you? Uh, I don't think, they don't really hate me. They hate the idea of me. Of a Of a boyfriend. Right. I like that. That's healthy thinking, Paul. What yeah. Do you, what do you look like, Paul? Uh, well, I would consider myself a pretty ugly guy, but... No, no, no. I mean, do you, do you look imposing to a parent? Do you have long hair? Oh, give yourself like a four. I look actually kind of, you know, pretty clean cut. All right. So they can't complain about appearances, right? Right. What do you got going on in the background there, Paul? Uh, TV. All right. Can we turn it off? Yes, you moron. Oh, All for right. Christ's sake. People watching... I didn't think TV. it was that loud. Believe me, I have uh, I have ears like an elephant. What's an animal that has good a hearing? Bat. I have ears like a bat. All right. I always think a blind is a bat. I picture elephant ear because it's got that big ear, you know? <laughs> All right. But could you imagine how good I would hear if my ear was actually that size, Drew? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Paul, well, you know, what can we do? I mean, this, these parents are not... I mean, we can sort of give you our usual, usual advice is that you can try to get to know them as people and really not know them as right. the boyfriend or as the, this symbol of something that they're now, frightened of. you're banging my daughter is so all they're ever going to think. That is their mantra. You're going to be... They're going to be saying, where do you go to school? You're banging my daughter. You're banging my daughter. You're banging my daughter. That is going to be the mantra the of the dad. Yes, the big balloon, the big thought bubble over his head. You're banging my daughter. And, uh, yes, and, uh, yo, you... What, what sport? You're banging my daughter. And, uh... <laughs> How do you like the Celtics? He's like, banging my daughter, banging my daughter, banging my daughter. That's how it works. That is the mantra. You better learn it, Drew. Get ready with the mantra. Oh, I, I've got it well etched into my, my mind. Good. 
Uh, you also have to practice. You're blowing my son. You're blowing my son. You're blowing my son. Because uh, you have two boys. All right, Paul, listen. Yeah. Here's the situation. Uh, it's going to be a tough sell. It'll be a long sell. Uh, they'll run out of energy eventually. Your job, in the meantime, is not to F up. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Don't get thrown in jail. Don't give her a black eye. Uh, <laughs> don't uh, take the hoop out of your nose before you go over there and visit. And give them no evidence in a case against you. They're going to try to make a case. They'll try no matter what. Give them uh, give them not a shred of evidence. And eventually they'll just accept you. Well, it's a war of attrition, too. You've got to remember that the, their big concern <laughs> is that you're going to hurt their daughter. So if you're around for a long time... You've proven that you're probably going to stay around for a long time, and they'll, they'll be more comfortable with you. Everybody <clears throat> gets used to every situation eventually. <laughs> and they really do. You lose a leg, you get used to it. Right. It's just you gotta get you got to get rid of that you're banging my daughter mantra. Judy, 35. Yes. I've had numerous stalkers over the past five years. Stalkers? Yes, many of them. A lot of them are mostly from work. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably nothing you're doing. You don't think so? No. I don't know if Couldn't it's be. me or if... No. Everybody has multiple stalkers, don't they? I uh, Mine are out in the Winnebago. Okay. That reminds you, you me. You collect them all in advance? I got I to gotta water them in a minute. <laughs> and take them out and crap them, too. They're, they're, not, uh, they're not trained stalkers. I really have no. to show them. All right, so uh, mostly from work. Mostly from work. And uh, lately, the past few months, it's been women. Are these people you, oh, really? would, you, would, you engage in discussion in some way? They start to know you and then start stalking? Um, no, stalk? I, think, I think it's actually the opposite they is that I don't speak to them. They stalk from afar? Pardon me? They stalk from afar? They don't know you? <laughs> There's right, no such right. thing as stalking from afar. But I mean, they, you don't know who they have no, no relation with you. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've gotten to where some of the men in earlier in the past years have stolen the keys to my apartment. Where I've had to change my locks. Why do you think that is? Guys, you didn't know real well. I didn't. Guys, I didn't know at all. Ah, I smell victim. I feel I am a victim. Have you ever been a victim any other time in your life? Always, yes. Always. Okay. Well, that's uh, like when you were younger. Yes. Like uh, abused. Yes. By whom? Uh, my parents and my brothers. It's just phenomenal how. Were, were you sexually abused? No. No, never. Physically well, abused. Physically and emotionally. Yeah. Right. All right. So you're a good target. Yeah. I think that must be, and I guess that's what happens. Target for life? Um, no, well, you know it. It. it, it I, we uh, can't say they that. Don't be, old people don't get stalked. <laughs> Maybe when I stop. <laughs> Once you uh, lose uh, control of your bowels, the stocking stops. I've, I've found. Uh, whose grandparents? You know, they're being stocked currently, Drew. But but Judy, what you need to look at is the the issues around which this is happening, and uh, that is your history of victimization and. These people that, that are victimizers can just sense out victims which are with remarkable accuracy. That's why when you call with this, Adam was able to ask that question right up front. If, and if, and if you want to really want to change it, it's about, well, first, one of the things you can do to change is try to find a, a, a healthy relationship. Okay. But that's probably something you don't tend to do. You probably tend to get involved in abusive relationships. So they look they look that's, good at first, and then all of a sudden the guy turns out to be an abuser. Right, yeah. right. I like powerful men, but then they turned out. They turn out yeah, well, your 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 sense of what a male power is is actually uh, abuse, abuser. Yeah, pow- powerful men doesn't mean uh, you know a drop kicking your poodle, right. or uh, giving you a black eye, or uh, destroying your uh, Doobie bro- Brothers um, uh, record collection. Yeah, I mean that's not powerful. Those are a hole guys. 
those are weak guys who compensate for that by uh, physical abuse. Well, thank you, Drew. I've had them flood my apartment. All right, look, we, we, you don't have to get into the specifics. We can Wait a minute. How did they, they flood your apartment? Pardon me? How did they flood your apartment? Took the, took the top off the toilet thing, and it flooded while I was gone to church, and I had like two inches of water in my apartment that seeped to both sides of the other apartment. Oh, really? I was gone. And this was, uh, this was a guy? This you, was, yeah, this one was a guy, yeah. You were dating this guy? No. He was no, just stocking. He just fell hard for me. I, really? He's married. <laughs> he's married? Yes. Where do you work? Um, right now I work. I It got to the point where I had to quit a job because of it, and now I work for my stepbrother in doing collections. Right. So I feel very safe because I'm the only right. employee. That's great. Yeah, you stock people for a living. Actually, All right. but, but now she has a bunch of relationships with Repo Man. <laughs> yes. right? Wonderful people, yeah. uh, second only to bounty hunters on the uh, on the humanistic food chain. Do you think that they eventually? There's one that's driving me nuts. No, no, no. Listen, it's got nothing to do with them. Forget about them. Forget about you're them. doing something that's inviting these guys in. Okay, but or, what about the women? No, you're doing something that's inviting them. <laughs> or you look yes, as though you, you you will take on all stalkers. Is that you won't be able to? Make them stop. This I is, can't. This is uh, uh, also, what you're talking about this weekend about if you don't make people. Yes, that's right. You have to lay the law down. I got to tell you, uh, I was just yelling at uh, Drew about this. Uh, you know, I have this crazy. It is, not, it is not good when we spend time together. No, it isn't. But uh, my neighbor, uh, the, those of you listening to the show, know I, I bought this dump of a house. I'm totally redoing it. And uh, this neighbor was just having a uh, conniption because uh, I had to do a little sandblasting, and uh, she has her precious shrubs. And uh, she's been hassling me about these shrubs uh, ever since uh, I moved in, and it, it, it's a non-issue. Just believe me. Everyone who listens knows I'm sane, and I'm telling you it is a zero, these shrubs. They, 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 I, I, as God is my witness, I want to be hit by lightning if one of those shrubs is higher than three and a half inches off the ground. It's not even a shrub. It's a, like a like a chia rock she has out there. And anyway, she called me down on Thursday and said, oh, look at the shrubs. And she started pointing at nothing. And then she tried to get me to uh, claim that I broke something on the fence that was broken a year ago. And here's what I did to her. I thought to myself, you know, this is my neighbor. I haven't even moved into the house yet. I'm going to have to have a long relationship with this woman. And I thought to myself, you better do it now. And I just clamped down on her. I mean, I just abused her emotionally so much that she'll never bother me again. And this is what people need. They need to be put in line. I sussed out that this woman was a crazy, uh, complaining bitch. And I just said, you know what? I'm not giving her one ounce of rope here. Because if you give certain people just a, just a thimble full of leash, it will take off running and it'll run that spool dry. I think I mixed like 30 metaphors there. But the point is this. There's some people who know how to act and know how to interact. And then there's other people that you have to treat like animals. You have to yank the leash. You have to rub their face in it when they, when they make number two. And you have to smack them with a newspaper because it's the only thing they'll respond to. And when you run into these people, everybody, you have to lay it down early now, or they'll now, just keep now, going. Unfortunately, though, only the abusers who are the people that need to be choked in. Only the abusers are the ones that are going to hear you. Right. And they're going to think now, oh, see, I'm justified in going out and housing my neighbor. No. He needs, 
Mean, I, meaning your your neighbor is going to hear you what you're saying and think she's right. Uh, she was so dejected, so humiliated, and uh, and I took so much wind out of her neurotic sail that she will. I guarantee she'll never bother me again because she knows that I equal abuse. Adam equals abuse. I'll go to the other neighbors where I can get a sympath, sympathetic and pathetic ear to uh, jab her into. Christy, twenty. Hi. Hey. Um, I have a question for either one of you, really. All right. Uh, I'm, I've lately been kind of questioning my sexuality. For the past two years, I've considered myself a lesbian, and I've lived as such. But I've just transferred to a new school, and I haven't met any other lesbians. And I don't know if that's why, but I'm finding myself attracted. Not necessarily attracted, but getting involved with men. I don't know if this is normal, if maybe there's just something I'm missing or just a lack of availability of lesbians on the campus what, or what's, what happened, t- what's but... your sort of history with homosexuality? Out of sight, out of mouth, was, I was it, <laughs> is it, is it Was it just a particular person that you fell in love with? Or um, was it... I've had two fairly serious relationships with other women. How old were you when they started? How old was I? When you had your first relationship. Uh, my first relationship was when I was 18. 18. And have you ever had uh, heterosexual feelings? Yeah, well, yes, I did. I was living completely and totally as a heterosexual. I had long-term relationships before then. And what happened? You just w- woke up one day and had these other feelings? or? Well, actually, a close friend of mine, you know, we hung out together all the time, developed a really great friendship, and it just kind of progressed from there. It was nothing like I just woke up and went, okay, I feel like being gay today. So it was just, it was, it's not so much that you were gay, it was just the, the, a, a relationship developed that happened to be a gay relationship. Well, yeah, that first so, one, yeah. Okay, and the second one? Well, the second one, I pretty much, through my first relationship, deciphered the fact that I was most likely gay, to some extent, if not fully, then bisexual. So I just kind of opened my eyes a little bit to other options, met another woman who was incredible. All right. Got to know each other right. and, and you, got you, into a relationship. All right, and maybe, maybe you are, this is just part of that process of evolution that you've been going through, and you're still now checking out what your identity actually is. I mean, you may be heterosexual. You're a little bit, a little bit old to be sort of ambivalent. Right. Uh, it's just like I'm not, I'm not really ambivalent about the subject. It's just that I don't well, you are ambivalent. Well, what school do you go to? <laughs> Why is that? You must go to a state school. Oh, everybody that has problems goes to a state school. Of course I go to a state school. All right. How yeah, you know that? They don't have lesbians at the state schools. At, at the, you oh. got to work your way into the UC system or go to the small <laughs> colleges uh, up north. Uh, see, they're what, like Mills College. Uh, go to one. Go to those girls' colleges, uh, either but, on the East Coast right. or uh, around San Francisco but, area. But a UC system, they frown upon the but, lesbians. But Christy, you are ambivalent. I mean, That's the state systems. Right, UC right. has them. Well, if she's even in California, but you you are you are ambivalent about your sexuality. That's what you're calling and telling us. I'm not sure. I'm ambivalent. Well, ambivalent kind of means that you don't really care. No, ambivalent means you don't know. You're confused. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. I would say confused is good. All right. Well, that, and I said, you're, for, at 20, usually you've sort of sorted those things out. And you need to look at whatever it is that's led to all that confusion, whether there's some other issues sort of underlying that, that from which a side effect is a sexual ambivalence. And, right. and, and you we've know, done nothing to and, help and, anyone Well, you, we need more time with Christy, too. And, uh, and it may, you know, you're going to have to explore your feelings a little further. It's, again, it's... You may end up being bisexual. You may end up being heterosexual. This might have just been a, a, a sort of a diversion because of that, that close relationship you developed. 
I w- need to talk to Christy a lot more to help her. All right, and you're not going to do that. You're not going to give me the time to do it. I can. Now, don't, don't give me that. You're not going to give me the time. You don't care enough to do it. I, I'd be happy to do and it. We'll go to a commercial right now. All right, let's go. You going to go talk to her? If you want, I'll talk to her on the air, too. No, we got to go to break. All right. Uh, we've summed it up on the air, but you have much work to do off the air. All right, I'll talk to her. All right, uh, why don't you sell the hell out of the next call? Which condoms are more effective? Leonardo. Ah, okay. And uh, Mark Paul Gosler is going to be in here to talk about his movie of the week all after this. Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three steps go to TrueCar.com. Find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see the upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your True Car savings certificate and take it to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time. Save money and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Hey, this is Ross Tucker from the very cleverly named Ross Tucker Football Podcast. If you like football, I mean, come on, who doesn't anymore? Make sure you listen to the world's smartest meathead at RossTucker.com or PodcastOne.com. I promise you'll learn a lot, laugh a little, and hopefully not cry, unless you want to, I guess. Again, that's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast at podcastone.com. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. That is Mark Paul Gosler. You probably remember him best as Zach from Saved by the Bell. And uh, tomorrow night, he's got himself uh, another one of his movies of the week coming out called Born in Exile. And that would be at 9 o'clock on NBC. Now, the last movie of the week was like uh, She Cried Rape or something, right? Yeah, that was actually, uh, actually, that was last summer. Right. Actually, yeah. You played a rapist. I played a rapist. and uh, Lovable Zach. Uh, now that he's graduated college, he's, uh, he's raping for a living. Yeah, that, uh, that was a good part. That was actually my first comeback role, I guess you could say, because I wasn't working for quite some time. Um, you know, just, just getting off of Saved by the Bell and then trying to do different things. People can't see you as being uh, different. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely. I mean, I mean, here's my take on that. It's it, the John Denver syndrome. What's the Bob, Bob Denver? Denver. Syndrome. Bob, yeah, Bob Denver. Yeah, it's the uh, Hey Little Excuse Buddy me. syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Well, my take on that is is uh, uh, it is going to happen. And and, and what? 
that you're going to get typecast or they're going to go, no, we don't want to use him. That's that guy from Saved by the Bell. Right. Uh, no one's going to buy him as a homicidal you know, rapist. Right. Uh, that's uh, the lovable Zach. But, uh, you know, Johnny Depp was on 21 Jump Street for five seasons. Yeah, but it, if you look at that kind of show, though, I mean, we were on a Saturday morning show. It oh, was, yeah. It was, you know, it's called, uh, you know, it's directly uh, promoted for teens on uh, on Saturday morning. Right. And we were the show that parents love their kids to see because we were so innocent. Right. And then to come off of that show and then to try to get, you know, to play a rapist. I mean, who who's going to buy that, you know? And I, I'm I'm very thankful that uh, that went smoothly and it, it probably went in part because two years went by and people hadn't seen me on tv and then to finally do that role people didn't know me as you know mark paul gossler and directly relate me to zach right uh, it was kind of like oh mark paul gossler didn't he used to be well because you know, they got that new new class show oh which <laughs> not screech he's still there isn't he <laughs> screech making a career screech oh, gonna be man. the uh, dean of that school in a couple oh, years he's gonna take over he, he's yeah what is he now is he the assistant Screech is uh, 47 and uh he's uh, taking up residence over at uh, sunnydale high or sunnyside our beach city sunny, one of those two sunny beach high now, what was the name of the high? I've watched. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I don't take this the wrong way. I'm not proud of it, but I have watched uh, more uh, Saved by the Bell than any adult uh, is uh, more than probably the producers and your parents uh, put together. You know, is is that normal, Doctor Drew? I mean, is that normal for? Does uh, Adam seem normal to you? Well, okay. I mean, that answered my question yes, right there. Uh, but is it normal for an adult to watch that show? Because let me tell you, I get a lot of adults. Uh, just today, I was at In and Out Burger. And an adult comes up to me and says, you know, I, I loved your show and, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, is that uh, – why why is it that adults were just yeah, as as kids were like, uh, like attracted a, to the like show? Like a middle-aged adult you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of, I, I can't explain it. But really? I, I can't explain watching TV at all, frankly. But, but uh, I mean, what, what, why, why were you watching it? Adam? All right. Uh, I mean, besides the – The, the, the but, arrested uh, adolescents. But see, there's another thing is when you were probably watching it, those girls were probably – was it never masturbated once uh, to it except okay. for except for the episode where uh, the... Screech got put in the dunk tank <laughs> and uh, then it's like what can you do? Come what on, he had the wet T-shirt on. There he is in the shorts yeah, and wet T-shirt. Yeah, Come yeah. on, let's go. Clear Believe the room. Me. Clear well, out, folks. I got business. To take you didn't care see of. me in that scene, did you? Because I was behind stage. <laughs> uh, did Screech ever get put in a dunk tank? By the way. Oh yeah. Oh I okay. Think we, yeah. I hadn't seen that episode, but I figured out of uh, no. All you the, know what that was? That all was Mr. Belding. Oh, that was Mr. Belding going right. in there. Now I feel dirty. And now you. Yeah. Well, the, I, here's why I watched it. I, I like. I, I have a uh, a schedule where I have to like think a lot and process a lot and. I don't sit home and read, and I don't sit home and look at the wall, and sometimes I want the TV on, but I don't want to have to get thoroughly involved. I don't want to watch, like, Murder One or The X-Files, and I miss the first three minutes, and and now I don't know what's going on. I just want to sit there and watch uh, people without zits uh, in a a laugh track uh, wearing uh, uh, tight mini dresses and getting into all sorts of playful mischief. That's why I watch uh, this uh, Saved by the Bell. And Saved by the Bell, now how old were you when you, I, I know you probably asked this a thousand times, but you were like a kid when you started this, right? I started the original show, which was on Disney, uh, when I was 13. And then we started Saved by the Bell when I was 15. And uh, and even looked younger than 15, I think, when you were 15, didn't yeah, you? I, uh, yeah, I didn't mature quickly. But then, um, then in like half a season, you went like, boom! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, there was a there was a point where we got off the original Saved by the Bell, and then we we're going to try to do the primetime college year show. Right, and that's where 
I because uh, I thought the show was over. I was going to go to college. I was going to play some football. Uh, gained a heck of a lot of weight. Right. And uh, then they called me back and said that there was a development show that they were going to try to do, and they wanted me to lose weight. And I said, well, if it's in writing, I'll lose the weight. And finally, it was in writing in January of '93, I believe. And by March, I had to lose 30 pounds. Because, uh, yeah, he went from a spindly Zach to a yeah. beefcake Zach. <laughs> and just like uh, It didn't work, you know. When you're bigger than the guy who's supposed to be the beefcake, then it, it just something's right, it's wrong. Great. You got some little spindly uh, bully trying to beat up on Zach, and Zach's <laughs> like a farts, and the guy goes flying across the room. <laughs> All right. So, but you've, uh, here's what I wanted to say originally, and then we'll, we'll get to these calls. Obviously, uh, if you play a role, and you play a familiar role, and you play it on a real specific show, like you did, you're going to get typecast for a while. But if you take a little time off and you have the talent to break uh, free of the sort of shackles of Zach, as it were, <laughs> then you can get past that and move on. And there are a lot of people that have done that. You know, I mean, Sally Field was the flying nun and all that crap. Tom Hanks. And then there are people that didn't really have the horsepower, I'm guessing. They were not talented enough. So, you know, Bob Denver went from Hey Little Buddy to Far Out Space Nuts to the boat show, and he's calling it a career. <laughs> All right. Uh, but not you. No boat shows for uh, young Mark. Leonardo, 16. You're on Loveline. Yeah, Adam. Tell your neighbor to screw herself. I and, did. Uh, <laughs> I want to know which condoms are most effective. Um, consumer Consumer Report puts out a thing on condoms every so often. What's that, Ann? Answering a jumping jack in there. But if I remember right, the Ramsey's Ribbed, I think, was the one that got the highest ratings. They're, 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 wasn't the Ramsey's got the highest ratings uh, in general? And the Ribbed ones tend to tend to win out over the others. In well, terms it of just seems like strength. more more there. Right. Uh, but I would check out Consumer Reports. If anybody wants to fax us that report, I'm sure one of our listeners out there has access to that. What about is – there, is there a – there's polyurethane. Yep. Uh, they're very effective. Yeah. Are they effective? Yep, they're very effective. You know, I've, I'm married, so yep. uh, we, we, you know, experiment a little with that stuff. And, and the polyurethane, I've, I've found that they do tend to break. Ah. Uh, oh, really? They do tend to rip. They're they're pretty darn thin. And Zach uh, did put some weight on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He put it on all over oh, the place. Okay. And, uh, and why use the polyurethane if you're allergic? Allergic to latex. All right. Uh, let me ask uh, Mark. And they also Paul. don't smell uh, like the like uh, like the latex. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they, got they don't nice... have that like medicinal stink. Yeah. You know when you get a... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, I've blown a handful of guys with the uh, latex on <laughs> it, and it's just uh, it's a disaster. Uh, yeah, I don't get that taste out of my mouth. I have 50 bucks. It's not cure that taste. Uh, let's talk. Uh, and I <laughs> All right. Now, uh, let me just cover one thing real quick. Uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, because, yeah. uh, of course, I have to ask. Now, that must have been pretty cool for you uh, working with her all those years and then uh, seeing her in Showgirls. Yeah. I, actually, I, you know what? I didn't even see it. You didn't it. see it? Oh. I, I, you know what? All I right. saw it on uh, Spectrovision. I, I saw it when I was in a hotel, and I, I, I don't know if I didn't want to see it or if I couldn't see You know, I, I, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, finally, really? It was like yeah. watching your sister or something? Well, sort of. You know, it wasn't something that I, I wanted to see. And, and uh, finally, I, I went to go I'll see go it, and I, and, I, and I watched it. And, you know, I had my, my opinions about it. But uh, Well, see, my feeling would be either you would be the first guy at the theater, because <laughs> it's like if producer Ann did uh, another porn movie, <laughs> I would go out and see that thing immediately just because I see her every day in her clothes, and I'd be dying to see her naked. Or... I would probably have uh, the 180-degree uh, reaction, which would be, yeah, I'd be like looking at your mom in the shower or something. 
You know what I mean, Ann. It didn't really affect me, though. your sister. All right, my sister in the shower. But it didn't... It didn't affect me. I mean, when I did see it, I didn't. I didn't go. I wasn't disgusted by anything. I wasn't uh, shocked by anything by by any means. But uh, it was just, uh, you know. I'm let's, sure you copped to, a few. Let's few. go to calls. All right, Drew. Yeah, you didn't see on. Showgirls? No, I didn't. Oh, excellent. <laughs> uh, not a movie, a film. <laughs> it wouldn't be fair to call the movie. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> An artistic uh, so, experience. Oh, I uh, laughed. I cried. I uh, broke wind. It was. Uh, it was. It was. It really had a lot of uh, unintentional comedy in it. Which I heard there was a I lot of people it. yelling at the at the screen. It was. It was like they wanted to get involved with everything that was going on. Yeah. It. It was. Did uh, you see it in a theater? It was like Tony and Tina's wedding. Did you uh, see it in a theater? Yes. You did. I, I had to. I was reviewing. <laughs> uh, I was reviewing movies for the morning show, and I had to go see it. And I thought this will be great fodder uh, for one of my reviews. And as it turned out, I was not disappointed. No. There was just, a, <laughs> but just, just let me say this real fast. What about the scene where the abusive magician uh, pulled uh, her black friend up into the room at the party and just beat the crap out of her? Oh right, right. Wasn't that uh, wasn't that a brilliant piece of filmmaking? That made the whole film it right there. Really no, did. you know what? My favorite scene was in the swimming pool. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was a good scene. Yes. That was artistic. Yes. Too bad there's no uh, rewind on that SpectraVision. Uh, <laughs> all right, Drew. Calls. All right, all right real fast. Uh, so. Elf- huh? Huh? Who is this? Alfonso. Alfonso. Hey, Daddy. What's up, baby? What are you doing? <laughs> hey, it's Alfonso. What are you doing? I'm, I'm just calling to, like, um, bust you out on, on um, your situation with Elizabeth. What? Oh, wait a minute. Alfonso, let me set you up for a second. This is Alfonso uh, Ribeiro from The Fresh Prince, and we were just talking about him the other night because... Because you want to be be a race car driver. I got to do that Toyota Grand Prix thing. They always have some schleppy uh, DJ guy no one's ever heard of stuffed in between like Craig T. Nelson and uh, and Alfonso. And this year... Are you you doing it this year? No, but you got to get me in. Mark does it too, right? Yeah, Mark I do Paul. too. We, I, actually, Alfonso and I we were just coming back from uh, San Diego. We were just uh, driving racing. carts. Oh. We were actually racing. We weren't racing. We were actually practicing. Uh, can you guys get me in on this thing? Well, you know what's funny is because uh, this weekend was their their practice, and yeah, they uh, just did it so oh. they just they just picked uh, all their guys all right. next year. You know, oh, screw next that. year you need to work it out for next season. All right, you I'm work a, it out I'm now. A talk to Les Unger. Uh, he's the, he's like the president of uh, their motorsports, and I I'll, I'll set. He'll you fight up. for you. I'll set you up. All right. What if I just? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. What if I just ride along with you, Alfonso? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not racing this year. Oh. Um, because you uh, wanted too many times. Mark Paul, Mark Paul, and I, and a buddy of ours, Sean Patrick Flannery, are actually doing some pro racing. Oh. So we're, we're, we've gone pro. So it's not really cool to like go back and do the whole celebrity thing, right? Because just... you're kicking the crap out of the Olsen twins, Absolutely. Uh, and you guys you know? are just fresh from Monte Carlo. Yeah, that wouldn't be fair. I don't think so. Alfonso, what do you want to bust Mark Paul about? Um, well, I mean, you know, Mark Paul, what, what? Y- Where are you going with this, Al? <laughs> Where are you going? Now, did you, you uh-huh. saw for the first time? What's that? In, in, in um, about Elizabeth? Yeah. You saw it for the first time in, in, in the SpectraVision? Yeah. Oh, okay. Pro- what? What? <laughs> All right, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was just tripping, my fault. What do you know, Alfonso? <laughs> What do Nothing. you know? You know something. Nothing. He's a he's a happily married man. You know something. Alfonso was my best man at my wedding, so he can't say too much. Yeah, but you know he saw it at the theater. He didn't he didn't wait a few months and stumble onto it when he was on vacation somewhere on the Spectrovision. He sprinted to the theater and probably uh, had himself by intermission. 
Am I right, Alfonso? No, nah, he watched it on Spectrovision. Right. We, we were, we, where were we when you watched that? I watched it with you? Well, one time with me. What do you mean, one time? I watched it only one time. It you was... watched it a couple times. Oh. <laughs> it, it might be... Didn't you watch it when we were in Lime Rock, you watched it. In Cleveland, you watched it. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so the, the, it's starting... These were all at the races that we were, uh, that we were at, and... What you're no, away no. from home and, and you got to blow off a little steam. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with that. All right, but it's just you. You portrayed yourself <laughs> as someone who didn't care uh, five minutes ago, and as it turns out now, you're stalking Elizabeth Burke. Right, absolutely through the the Spectrovision. Uh, Alfonso, we got to go to commercial. You go. Thanks for calling in and uh, come by and see us. You got it, guys. See you later, Daddy. See Take care. See you, Alfonso. All right, we'll be back. Here's Loveline before deworming. <laughs> Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad, and we'll be right back. If you listen to podcasts, you probably already know that one of the most listened to podcasts in the nation is Adam Carolla. But you may not know that Adam is currently being sued by a patent troll, claiming that they filed a patent years ago, stating they control the distribution of audio files over the Internet. On the face of it, it's pretty outrageous. But the risk is real. If Adam loses this suit, then all podcasters are at risk. If, like us, you've already contributed to Adam's podcast troll defense fund, well, thank you. But know this, even though the patent troll has stated in the media that they do not wish to pursue this case, they reserve the right to refile at a later date. Which is why we need this decided now. Here's a way that you can continue to support the fight that'll cost you absolutely nothing. Go to this show's page at podcastone.com and click on the Amazon banner. Then, every time you make a purchase at Amazon, a portion of that purchase price will go directly towards fighting this patent troll. That way you can help Adam fight against this frivolous lawsuit and help us all save podcasting as we know it. Phone number for Loveline. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla, that is Dr. Drew, Mark Paul Gossler from uh, Saved by the Bell, and also, or was from Saved by the Bell, and uh, born in exile. Monday night, 9 o'clock, NBC, and uh, it's a movie about uh, teenage runaways, the best kind, (laughs) and uh, Mark uh, plays a... Uh, boyfriend of uh, one of the teenagers, and uh, you guys uh, flee to uh, California. Right. And it, it, is this based on a true story or just sort of based on... Uh, I, I, I don't know what the correct terminology is, but inspired maybe by a true story or... Right. You know, Loosely based on the movie. Exactly. Somebody ran away once, uh, we're making a movie. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's actually a bunch of stories put together, and this is the outcome. And you guys are going to show uh, pictures of uh, actual uh, runaways? Yeah, there's actually going to be a music video that's tied into this movie, um, and that's how actually we get found. Uh, and there's ten pictures of of runaways, and well, you're gonna say this is a. You, I know what you're gonna about to say. I would have if and I could have thought of the band, but, but I can't think of the band. And it's good that you soul, 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 soul. Yeah, it is 
I'm not saying it's based on that, but you know, you know what I mean. It, it's uh, well, hey, it's a good idea and it's a good cause. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, really I mean, a... it was uh, something that you know we wanted to use the band and stuff, and the, you know how things work out. And for all and, the parents out there who are who are fretting lost teenagers, uh, recognize that if your kids are running from home, it's because they're being abused, please, either by the parents or somebody very near to the home. Physically, sexually, emotionally, some kind of abuse is going on. Except for my sister. And she, and I've just found out tonight, you confirm my theory, because you were physically abusing her. Oh, please. I was not physically abusing her. My sister attacked me with a crocheting needle. I had to defend myself. <laughs> Believe me, my sister would pick up anything handy. I, I, if there was a black uh, powdered uh, musket uh, rifle uh, nearby, she would have shot me with it. I never physically abused my sister. Uh, mental torture, uh, yes. Physical, no. Now she she ran she ran away at like thirteen and was basically out the house. Now look at her; she's doing fine. Just had a kid uh, living in uh, Germany and uh, teaching uh, editing. She never came back. Uh, or was uh, it like off and on? It was well, just, uh, it, yeah, she like ran away for like a year and then she came back for a while, but the, that was it. I mean, she went to like a, she completed. Once you like, do, the, how how long was like the first stint? Uh. All I remember is my uh, grandpa was going nuts. And, Did she uh, go to a relative, though? No, no. She, she Really? Like, At 13 years old? Yeah. She, like, shacked up with a friend and wow. took off. And, I mean, she was I can't gone. even imagine. At 13 yeah, years old, I wasn't even thinking about it. Right, right. I didn't even know. Where, where would you go? Well, you'd go to the set. She went to, like, yeah, Van Nuys. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, uh, oh, I, I, and that's and that's what this movie's about, is about, uh, you know, where do you go? You know, you, you think what it's going to be yeah. great. You know, we, we're actually coming from Texas and... Uh, thinking about running away to to L.A. and get here and find out it's it's hell. You know, I I was I, I made a a comment the other day. It's uh, I've lived here my whole life and I know that you have too. And I can't imagine being on these streets. You know, I mean uh, it's it's no. scary for me and I live here. No, I will uh, take a cab to the Seven Eleven. I mean uh, yeah. anything not to walk on oh, yeah. uh, these streets. I, oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine. I live far away from the city just so I don't have to you know come into the city. I mean I'm 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 definitely afraid of being by myself in the city. Yeah, and that's where uh, basically, well, you just turn to prostitution or uh, whatever. Which is funny, is because in the in this story, I, I, our characters do turn to prostitution. Both I, of you, I do. And, and being a guy turning to prostitution sucks. Is is terrible yeah. <laughs> because uh, well, we don't need to go any it, further. It's a dude thing. So, is there uh, some sort of controversial uh, sodomy scene in the movie? No, you don't see too no. much of that. You just see the scene afterwards after, you know, there's like a, a scene where I just break down. But uh, uh -huh. and who uh, who plays it, John? Charles Nelson Riley? <laughs> they go with a cameo there? Uh, the guy who played Mr. Belding. Um, <laughs> Dennis Askin. Oh, that would be excellent. That would have been good, huh? <laughs> that would have been great. No, you never actually see the John. So, it, it, But right. uh, the good thing about this movie is that there's ten, ten pictures of, of real runaways and the end of the movie, people, there's a number... That people can call if if they want to identify these, these and kids. these are from uh, all over the country. Yes. Okay. Uh, Cassandra. Yeah. You're Hello? 17. Okay, this is my problem. Well, my Paul, I also want to know. Also, um, is it true that you went out with the girl who played Lisa on Say by the Bell? Uh, yes. You did for how long? Mm, probably three months. I, I, you know what? It, it's so funny because when you're working with somebody so close, you're working with three beautiful women. Yes. Girls at that time, and you're so close for six years. Uh, there was a lot of 
uh, dating going on between yeah. everybody. You had them all. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, just nod your head. Because I know it's true. Because She's very sweet, though. i, I got to point that well, out. There's no crime in uh, no, going really out isn't. with a uh, uh, well-mannered, young, uh, spindly blonde boy at right. uh, 14 right. or 15. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. She's happily married, and, and she's, a, she's a good, she's a very beautiful woman, and, and, I, and I really love Lark. As a, as, a, as a friend. But uh, this is bound to happen because you take a bunch of people and you tell them to grow up together. How can it not happen? It, it, it one, Someone has to be gay. And even then, then Zach would be uh, blowing uh, uh, Tony or whatever. Screech. <laughs> Screech. <laughs> <laughs> that put a nice picture into your mind, didn't it? Oh. That put a, you're smiling. Wait, were there any uh, any ever por- uh, any porn titles named after the uh, Saved by the Bell? Because the porn industry will get, a- get around to everything eventually. Like, yeah, you know, you know and, I have. Edward scissor penis and stuff right. like that. Yeah, I, I I haven't caught up on that stuff, but no, there's, uh, there's got to be by something. the smell or anything like Poke that. Poke a hot ass, you know. There's, <laughs> there's all that stuff. Yeah. All right, so uh, he had them all, including a couple uh, production assistants. Stuff, so, right? <laughs> well, here's my question. Um, I have no problem being friends with privileges. That's like where you can be with somebody, like just make out and stuff without actually having commitment or any kind of relationship or anything like that. I have no problem doing that, but this is a guy who's like known in the community and my church and my school as being this like really all-American kind of guy. He's like so wholesome and stuff, and we kissed, and well, we kind of made out and stuff, and it freaked me out because he's just this really good, wholesome guy, and I'm afraid of corrupting him, and he still wants to do it, and I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't want to, I want to, but then I don't. Uh, is he your age? Yeah. You're both 17. Yeah. And you've been around the block a few times? Uh, maybe halfway around the block. <laughs> You're not going to correct him, Cassandra. I mean, I think it's more about your fears of being with a guy like that. And it must be overwhelming and difficult for you, yet uh, probably underneath that is a real desire to be with somebody like him. And your and goal as a 17-year-old is to be corrupted as a male, by the way. God as forbid a oh. somebody would have corrupted me when I was 17. Oh, yeah. I but, was corrupting myself on almost nightly basis. He's just so good, though. I One time my folks walked in while I was corrupting. But uh, recognize w- why that's so overwhelming and frightening to you. He, Try and, to look at also, that. And also, he has a girlfriend. Well, they're not girlfriends. They're, they're a couple, you know, where you're about to go out. Yeah. And so I just, I'm, he's a really sweet guy. and everything. I, I just don't want to, you know, I like him the way Stop he Stop focusing. Him to me. S- you know? No, 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 no. Stop <laughs> focusing on what's going to become of him and start looking at why it's difficult for you to be with somebody like that. Oh. Right? Nothing's going to happen to him. He's not going to change. You can't change him. He's going to be what he's going to be. Okay. But you seem to have a problem. It's overwhelming. It's painful. It's difficult for you to be with somebody like that because you feel bad about yourself. And he you want to gamble? Sure. You do? Yeah. All right. Uh, Mark Paul, uh, get a dollar out. Uh Someone get an extra one out for me, too. Uh, <laughs> it sure knows. Uh, I've not had a penny uh, the entire uh, weekend. Uh, poor Drew. He's been floating me the entire weekend. This is awesome. All right. Yeah, I actually, I bought uh, I bought Drew, like, a granola bar and, and uh, yogurt. some yogurt at the uh, airport snack shack with the credit card. And uh, that made up for him. Uh, we, uh, we rented a boat over the weekend. I mean, it was really, really. Very romantic. Uh, very romantic. If only that damn uh, Susan wasn't around, we could have really gotten somewhere. His wife was uh, constantly getting in between us. But, uh, all right. Oh, jeez. we got to go to a break. I'll tell you what. Yeah, after the break, we'll We'll, we'll, we'll do some her. gambling on, uh, who was that, Cassandra? Yeah. All right. Uh, all uh, after this. Ernie, the world's fastest drummer for Loveline. Too, 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 too high when I'm not drumming up a storm. <laughs> 
What was the rest of it? Love line, I'll be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. Hey, this is Greg Fitzsimmons, host of Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One. Join me and my guests, such as John Hamm, Zach Galifianakis, Jimmy Kimmel, Corolla, Hardwick, Rogue, and all the big guns are with me. We talk about what it's like in Hollywood, behind the scenes, the real deal, the rage against middle age. Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One, the home of podcasting. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Kroll. That is Dr. Drew. He is Mark Paul Gosseler. Uh, you know him as uh, Zach from Saved by the Bell. And Born into Exile is uh, where you're going to know him tomorrow night. 9 o'clock NBC uh, for the uh, big movie of the week. Also, I want to thank uh, Diamond Limo for uh, hauling uh, Mark's ass out here tonight. Uh, they do a good job? Excellent. No problems? No problems. Okay. We actually spoke in the in the car, too, which is unheard of. Really? You know, you know, what, you know what I mean? I mean, you know. Yes, uh, idle chat. you don't speak to your uh, chauffeur, I mean, that's... that's well, uh, here's the problem. Here's what I've uh, noticed. I don't get too many chauffeurs, but occasionally I get, a like, a town car sent for me. Uh, you either say nothing... Right. But if you talk, uh, be prepared because it's going to be the guy's going to be like uh, auctioning cattle uh, the whole time you're on 405. Once you open that window crack for conversation, that's it. The guy, the guy's crying, telling you about uh, how his stepfather molested him, and you're going, "Okay, Chris, I just was being polite." (laughs) So once you get going, there's no stopping in the middle, and that's a commitment you have to make. But uh, Mark's not too big a celebrity for that, and that's what I love about him. And we'll be back in ten. Seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. All right, and, and let me ask uh, this, by the way. Uh, Drew and I were never able to get to the bottom of this uh, this weekend. Uh, Mark, you're a big celebrity. You've been, uh, you've been uh, dragged around town by many a town car. Do you tip those town car guys? No. Oh, you don't? No. Okay, good. That's cool. Uh, is that bad? I, I don't do it because I, I feel... They get tipped. They, they get do tipped. get tipped. Yeah. They and they get, paid, yes. they get paid well, don't yeah. they? All right. Yes. All right. And I feel if, if you tip one, you got to tip them all. And then they start thinking how big you tip. Right, and I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not into that. Right, well, who and, is? And, and half the time, I don't carry cash on me. I mean, that dollar that we have here, yeah, is anything. That was <laughs> believe uh, me, we're uh, digging, we're impressed. Digging yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking on the airplane uh, tonight. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird in life the people you have to tip and the people you don't tip. I was thinking stewardesses. Now, these are people you should be tipping. You know what I mean? I mean, they're they're running back and forth all the time. They're freshening the drink. They're getting the uh, salted peanuts and whatnot. If you if you have to tip somebody, here's somebody you should tip. But in f- you're talking about first class. Oh right? yes, yeah. I was flying first class while Drew was back in coach, which is true. <laughs> which you know why? Awesome. It's because of I your wife? My wife. Yeah. See, that's the same with me. I haven't flown first class for three years now. You got to lose that wife. Well. 
Um, She's probably <laughs> listening. Okay. <laughs> Just when you go on vacation. Explain yeah. to her it's business. Seriously, I, I know how, exactly how that yeah. feels. Yeah. I'm always in coach because I use that first class and split it up, and yeah. there you go. Yeah. Right. You take your wife. Yes. One more reason not to get married. When we left off, we are speaking to uh, Cassandra. Cassandra's 17. Cassandra said that... Uh, She's only been halfway around the block, but I'm guessing she's talking about a city block and not a uh, not a suburban block, right. a big block. And uh, she's hooked up with some guy who's like sort of has a girlfriend, and she's worried about corrupting him. And uh, it just didn't just didn't sit right with any of us. So we're going to take some uh, bets on her past. Uh, Mark Ball, would you like to uh, start the betting, or or would you like me to go and set an example, or, or Drew to go? In which case, uh, he's going to take all our answers. Now, can we ask the contestant to hear uh, ask questions? For, yeah, ask, uh, just a couple. Go ahead. You can? Let, let, let's reconnect we, with her. We can? Yeah. All right. Uh, Cassandra? Yeah. Let Mark Paul ask questions. Okay. Uh, s- how about your parents? Are they uh, divorced? Uh, separated? No, 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 no. no. We can't, can't do that? No. Can't do that. No. None of that? No, that's potential betting material. That, that's, that's, Why you're, is that? You're, that's, you're oh, okay. That, that could be your bet. Okay, well, you know what? I, I think that uh, the family isn't uh, that strong. I, I do believe that uh, uh, she might have a single mother. Single mother. Uh, who uh-huh. might date. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I, I just don't think that she might have uh, a strong outlook on, on, on uh, uh, people that she All should right. be looking up to. All right. Uh, uh, do, you, do you find it uh, ironic uh, that you had a tutor on the set, but the set was a was a schoolroom? <laughs> you know what I mean? Where the hell did that come from? I was what? thinking of that. What? Well, he started this uh, Saved by the Bell when he was young. Did he just say something stupid? And that's no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, um, <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, where did he get that crap? Who told knowledge? you? <laughs> Fire that Don said tutor. No, I was thinking, here he is going to a school set, and they have to pull a tutor off to uh, tutor him while he's playing a student. Never thought of that, but right, uh, so that, that's something to uh, there's something to forget to ponder. All right, uh, so you're saying a single uh, family, one mother, I'm thinking, <laughs> no I'm father. Mother. I'm thinking no father. Uh, early. When did Dad leave the picture? I don't think Dad left that early. I think she might have seen something. Uh, um, my guess is uh, sometime in the. Uh, she's eight? she's seven. She's right, seventeen. So around so I, eight, Dad took off. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, I am going with a bad relationship with Papa-san, some form of abuse, and I will go with uh, uh, she would have had sex with a guy if it was physical abuse. I will go with uh, verbal uh, abuse uh, on the uh, father's side. Uh, Made her feel uh, worthless. Drew, go ahead. Both good bets, and I'll I'll sort of fill out the spectrum with uh, the same... Uh, some kind of peer sexual abuse at a young age, uh-huh. like between oh. nine and twelve, like the neighbor kid, neighbor kid, or maybe a fifteen or sixteen year old came along and got her too too young. That's, that's very sad. sharp. All right, uh, Cassandra. Well, kind of right and kind of wrong. Well, my parents are divorced, but I live with my dad, and he's an awesome guy. Uh. He's the best guy. You oh, that son of a uh. bitch. He he's great. But I did have a boyfriend a while back that was kind of he pressured me sexually. How old were you? I was 14 or 15. Okay. How old was he? Excuse me? How old was he? Same age. Uh-huh. And uh, so you had sex a little before you were ready? No, I didn't have sex. He uh. pressured me to. And, and nothing before then? No, not really. No, uh, weren't raped by the what neighbor you, kid or anything like that? What do you mean, like not, do you mean not really? What does that mean? No, well, I mean, nothing. You know, <laughs> kindergarten, you know, I'll show you mine if you show me yours, that kind of thing. We did that. But, I mean, nothing else was, like, nothing devastating. 
Uh-huh. Well, why do you why do you feel so badly about yourself then? No, I don't. I don't. I just don't think you don't understand this guy. He's just so good, you know. And then but I, why aren't you good? Why do you feel like you would corrupt a guy? Well, why do you feel so bad about yourself? Well, I don't know. I don't, I just think that maybe I, I'm a good person. I think that maybe I'm more sexually aggressive than I should be. Are you a virgin? Yeah. Oh, how sexually aggressive can you be as a virgin? Well, I mean, now that hymen <laughs> is really a catch-all for sexual aggression, <laughs> if you think about it. It, it. it really is the ultimate stopper, the hymen. Yeah, well, I just, I just, I am a virgin, though, but I just think that, you know, this guy, I, he's so, I don't think bad about myself, but I think that he's, he's, like, extraordinarily good. Well, you're idealizing this guy for some reason that's not clear. Well, let's see if we can uh, get Mark some money, though. Well, when did your parents get divorced? When I was like nine. Oh, no, that's oh, good. No, that's a winner. That's pretty yeah, there you close, go. Huh? Uh, you see, I'm, you see how liberal I am with Drew's money. No, yeah, please. you're just like there you go. Enjoy, Take and Drew. On. Give give him another five. I think the kid made a great effort. <laughs> that uh, way, I can tip my uh, chauffeur. Uh, tip the uh, on tutor set. I mean, the on set tutor. I need one. <laughs> <laughs> we need a tutor here at Loveline. We spend a lot of time here, Drew. And as you know, I'm not done with my education. As I know. Uh, all right, Cassandra. Yeah. All right, so you weren't raped, you weren't abused, uh, no. you weren't traumatized. You no. just have a general low self-esteem. If you say so. All I right. honestly don't think so, but... Well, but you keep, you keep talking about your sexuality and the way you manifest it as something negative. Even though you're still a virgin, it's something bad. You feel bad <laughs> about it. You feel, what? You're going you're gonna to corrupt a guy with it. No. Okay. It's just you. All right. You're fine. He's lucky to be with you. You're over-idealizing him, I suspect. And maybe and, and I, I kind of feel that about your dad. You know, dad's a great guy. He's a wonderful uh, guy. Uh-huh. And dad may be over-idealized, uh, too. Uh, so. Yeah. So I could probably get her back and win, uh, like, 75 cents of my dollar back. But I, I don't <laughs> of have my the dollar, energy. Of Drew's dollar. Drew's dollar back. And that's why uh, I will always break wind on the first date when I'm with a woman. Because I know oftentimes women over-idealize me. And it makes me, you know, it, it makes brings me. more me, human, huh? Yes, I'm, I'm more of a deity. And, uh, oh, anything else you do besides uh, I will then do the fan action and sniff it like a, a and, chimpanzee. And, and fan it to her to <laughs> give, as a present. Well, as, yeah. that's what we call it here. I, don't, I do not want to hoard uh, no, my own scent. No, no, no. Uh, that's being selfish. You don't want to show her that you're selfish. Really? I say yes. I have two hands. I'll give, like, exactly. the, first, uh, I'll give the first biscuit to her, and right. then I will cup and finish the, the rest off myself. The, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Nothing says I love you like that uh, cup like of a gas. Brimming cup of egg. All right, Jason, seventeen. Hey. Hey. Um, got a problem with this girl. See, um, it it just always seems like I need a girlfriend, but because um, I just mess around with a lot of girls. But see, when I have a girlfriend, I don't use drugs. Cause um, Jason. I just smoke. Yeah. What can we do for you, pal? What's going on? I don't know. Just want to know why why I either need drugs or girlfriend. Well, they 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 all sort of do the same thing for you, right? They sort of yeah, just distract you from any feelings and fill whatever negative feelings you have there. Yeah, right? well, with like this label on me, you know, like I'm a player because I because like I mess around with a lot of girls. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. always trying to find. What like, what does it do for wanna, you? I don't want to like. What does it do for you when you when you? You worried about your image, Jason? No, yeah. just wonders that why player image. No, he wonders yeah. why he does it. Well, I really don't want that image. Uh, what kind of car do you drive, Jason? Don't have a car. All right, no. all right. Real difficult to get the table, uh, the uh, player label. I know. But uh, when you're borrowing uh, Pop's uh, Matador to go out on dates, it, yeah. 
Hey, don't worry about the player label so much, Jason. Why do you do that? Why do you think you need to have somebody have a drug to feel better about yourself? I, I don't know, but like when I don't have either, I'm really depressed. Why? I really <coughs> haven't figured that out. I mean, I was in treatment. For what? I was sober for 10 months. Yeah. But I got kicked out of there, and, and I was in a group home at the time. Right. What is your We're, drug of choice? Uh, I smoke weed a lot. Where are your parents? They're here. And they kick you out or something? No, you I'm said still living at home. I'm only 17. You were in a group home, though, you said? Yeah. And why was that? Because, um, terroristic threats. You were threatening people? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Are, you, are your parents, your dad an alcoholic or something? My mom was an alcoholic. Yeah. She quit about seven years ago. Did they ever physically? My dad drinks a lot. Yeah. They, did they ever well, he's an alcoholic. Did they ever smack you around or anything? Oh, no. No? No. No. They used to, but not anymore. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, listen, uh, we didn't ask if that guy was beating you while you're on the phone. We just meant, had he done it before? Oh, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. the question. And that's that's the nature of, of what happens, Jason. This is why you are the way well, you are I now. Mean, I mean, they try to kick me out, and they... All right, so you, you inherited the biological predisposition for addiction from your parents, and that sort of keeps you compulsively pursuing things to make yourself feel better, and you eventually develop some conditioning around that requires you to, to use more and more. And you were abused, raised in an alcoholic family and abused, and it makes it very difficult for you to sort of what we call oh. modulate your own affect. You can't you can't deal with negative feelings, and plus you have an awful lot of them left over from all that abuse. All right, Jason. Go yeah. back to the group home. Here, here's what you need to do. Don't act out. Uh, you may have an impulse to uh, beat the crap out of somebody. You may have an impulse to get loaded and get behind the wheel of a car. You may have many impulses. Uh, they're not going to serve you well. Uh, look at any impulse as a bad one at this stage of the game. You understand? Yeah. Your parents uh, effed you up. They're alcoholics. They're abusive. Somebody screwed with them, and they in turn screwed with you. Now, here's your job as a human. you got to break this cycle. You understand, Jason? Mm-hmm. You're smart enough. You call us. You listen to the show. You know what's going on. You see, what you, here's what you don't want to become. You don't want to become an alcoholic uh, a teenage father who abuses uh, mom. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that's where you're heading, statistically and genetically. Uh, well, now, uh, but yeah, you don't. Actually, I don't really like drinking, actually. All right. All right. Well, whatever, whatever, the drug whatever your drug of choice is. is, that's where you're heading. Now, here's the here's the the deal. You don't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're predisposed to do it, but it doesn't mean that is your life. And uh, you're 17, and you're already coming on to this, and that's good. The idea is not to do anything so irreparable that you end up in jail for 15 years. I mean, get back into recovery. Get back into some structured living and uh, really start to focus on healing and working the program. Just sticking with the basics right now. As you know, no matter what drug or what girl, it never fills that void. So until you sort of evolve in your recovery and with your connection with recovering peers, it's not going to get better. Uh, Here's the kind of society I I would like to live in. I would like to live in the kind of society where uh, if uh, Jason flies off the handle and uh, shoots me or uh, one of my family members, that uh, we go ahead and uh, string his parents up. Yes. Why not? Hey, when, uh, when a dog bites somebody, who do you go after? You go after the owner. Because uh, why? They're responsible. Maybe maybe that's the way to deal with the n- consensual crimes. No, I got through a little consensual crime book, and now uh, it's, it's, it's Armageddon here. <laughs>
<laughs> no, really. Maybe that's the way to deal with it. Maybe we, maybe, maybe it's no longer about trying to slow the wheels down by, by uh, you know, look, we look. At well, it, it's like it, it's like uh, this guy who shot up my hometown, uh, my beloved North Hollywood, uh, three weeks ago, and they're interviewing his mom, and uh, the mom is saying uh, uh, he was a good boy. He's <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's with good me. boy. I, I want to see how the bad son turned out. Uh, by the way, but. It, I, I'm thinking this woman, yes, your son uh, shot up a bunch of cops in a bank and then he killed himself. But you're still alive. Let's abuse you now. I want this woman on the frickin' rack. Yeah, but here's the thing that scares me hmm. is having kids, especially in this kind of uh, society that we live in now. The thing that scares me is you can bring them up in the perfect environment. You can, you can uh, uh, teach them. Uh, you know, right from how, wrong. Right from wrong. And, and let's say they come out perfect. But... You always have that, uh, you know, that 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 whatever the chance that they might turn out that they might turn out kooky. That that's might, true, and you know I, I mean? you that know scares what? me. I will consider that when I'm making my judgment. Yeah, it's, that's very rare. But that's rare. It's a it's a higher. But it does happen. I mean, it does. You learn things in school. And, and, uh, all right, but I'm playing. Things. I'm I mean, playing the odds here. You understand? Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. You could be an Ozzie and Harriet type family, right? And the kid could turn out to be a sociopathic killer. Uh, Pretty rare, but here's the here's the here's the more uh, here's the more statistically accurate one. Uh, the parents are alcoholics. The parents are physically abusive. Dad beats the crap out of the kid. They and look then, like Ozzy and Harriet, and they go camping together. Right, and the but, kid remembers that. They remember the physical abuse they went through. And then when the kid turns sixteen, he's like a time bomb. Seventeen, eighteen, he's a time bomb, and he goes out and creates an uh, makes an act of violence right. against somebody else because his dad was beating the crap out of him. And I would like uh, the dad brought brought up. Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, it yeah. certainly can happen. Although, I guess you can uh, always kind of trace something to uh, I don't know. I see I think uh like the Menendez uh parents uh, had it coming. Uh, they really did. If your parents uh listen, if your kids uh, both get together uh, Drew, you would have it coming. Would you not? Yep, they could take me. Uh, you have a brother, you have a sister, uh, right, right, right? Uh if if you if one of them called you and said, uh, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking about going down to the Big 5, buying a shotgun and uh, blowing away mom and dad uh, in their bed while they're eating hog and dogs." Uh, what do you say? And you want uh, uh let's see, uh Tuesday's uh what yeah. time? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. It probably means that uh, they they did a little something wrong oh, yeah. in the rearing. Yeah, yeah. I, and I so, so. Uh, it's it it solves itself. It uh, you don't even need to argue about it. Your it's it's your your own kids killed you. You deserved it. Nature or nurture. I don't care what your argument is. They killed you. They're your kids. You did something to them, Monica. Or you're just uh, genetically flawed, in which case uh, you had it coming anyway. Twenty eight. Yes. What's your question? Well, I was just wondering, like you guys you know, take bets on people, and um, I I have a, I guess I just don't remember a whole lot of, like, being a kid from about my sophomore year down in high school, <laughs> and so I want you guys to, like, kind of take a take a vote, or take your Wait, you mean, gamble. What is that monitor noise in the background? Oh, I just turned on my computer, I'm sorry. No, I well, thought you were on, like, a heart machine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> mean, when, my computer. you're talking about ninth and 10th grade? I'm sorry? You can't remember ninth and 10th grade? Is that what you're saying? Uh, from uh, basically about that point down. All right. All, you, uh, all, the, way uh, all the way back. Yeah. All right. I, I remember select things, but I... What do you remember? All right. Hold on. Wait, I, I got to forget. I'm wagering uh, Monica smoked a lot of weed in uh, the eighth grade. Uh, it's possible. All right. Uh, what What do you remember? I'm sorry? What do you remember? Um, 
just basically, well, most of the things that I remember aren't, aren't that great. And like, like what? Oh, if I had a, you know, really bad, like I didn't make cheerleading one year. And like, I remember that day really well. Um, oh gosh. But there's things like that. My sister remembers that I don't have, I just like what? Well, like she was really sick one time and like I went to, to school and picked her up and brought her home and I got her medicine from the pharmacy and like this big old long story that I just don't even did your mom did your mom or dad die or something along the way no huh where, why were you taking care of her uh, my parents were at work at work I don't know why I was home that all right I'll, I'll tell you if somebody screwed you up or not uh, are okay. you married now divorced divorced uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, what, what kind of guy did you uh, choose to marry oh he was real nice um, nice guy uh, until no he was just really really affectionate just completely opposite of what my family is oh. and and it turned like really <laughs> <laughs> abusive that away um it was just it was hard to deal with him being so affectionate uh-huh because okay. um, you're used to abuse well no not so much abuse but just not that much attention uh-huh uh-huh it, you know we we would say that if you can't tolerate a good relationship, it's usually because you were not in a good relationship with your family. You were well, abused in some way. What kind of guys you, do you, you like seek now? seek out more chaotic, uh, dysfunctional relationships. Do you, do you have kids? No. Good. Uh, what are you? Are you in a relationship now? Um, no. Uh, How come? Uh, well, I'm going to school right now. I'm, I just went back to college. And, and how come you're not in a relationship? Um, you can't have sex with one of your professors? <laughs> I don't think I would do that, but um, I don't know. I just I just moved back to California from being out of state for quite a few years after I finished college the first time, and I don't know. I just all right, now, Monica. Uh huh. I label you sane. Oh, good. You have no children. Uh, you're, you're married and divorced. You're 28. You're going back to college. You can't remember uh, part of eighth grade. I, f- uh, I forget about uh, about that time period too. I mean, yeah. I can't yeah, remember. But, but you can remember your things. childhood, right? Uh. Parts of it. I mean, it's not. I mean, if I sat down and really thought about it, I mean, I, it, you know, I was just. Uh, I mean, I, I remember my sister said the same thing. She goes, "Remember when you uh, wanted to live with me or something?" I go, "I don't remember that." I, yeah, I'm was, the same way. There's things I don't remember. I mean, I just. Uh, yeah, I don't know you, if I. If I. You had an abusive childhood. I'm pointing I, it at him. Well, I had a, a quasi. I my, my parents were passive abusive. <laughs> I didn't have a normal upbringing, and I, I probably credit that to not remembering a lot of things, but. You know, I mean, as you, you, I, I don't know why I put things behind me, but uh, you know, th- my brain kind of goes, you don't need that anymore. Put it away. I uh, listen. I think it's a positive thing. I barely remember what I did. I think uh, so too. A half hour before I got here, yeah. uh, Drew likes to waller in the past. I, I choose instead to embrace the future. I'm with you. All right, uh, let's go embrace the future by going to the bathroom. And uh, Drew, you want to steal the hell out of the next call? Uh, this is Mike, who's been unable to have an orgasm with his girlfriend ever. Scintillating, and we'll be back. Love line will be right back. Love line will be right back after we kill the singer. Oh no! Go ahead. Sorry. July 18th, 2014, McGarry Bone for Staples, add ID QSRA 4014000, spot title Stage Radio 30 PSA Staples, 30 seconds radio full mix. And now, Katy Perry! Imagine going on stage without any guitars, or keyboards, 
drums or a microphone and being expected to roar. Tough, right? It's the same with our teachers who are using their own money so students can learn. DonorsChoose.org is a charity that helps teachers get what they need for students to succeed. That's why Staples is donating $1 million to the cause. Join Katy Perry and donate at staples.com slash make roar happen. Line with Mark Paul Gosler. Uh, you remember him from Saved by the Bell, and he played the lovable uh, Zach. And uh, Born into Exile is the name of his uh, latest TV movie, The Week uh, Venture. Uh, the last one was a uh, rape one, which uh, actually the last one was oh, uh, not a rape uh, one. Uh, uh, sorority hazing. Ah, I played a sorority girl. The telephone. <laughs> the telephone. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, Pretty neat, huh? Drew's uh, majorly into the portable uh, phones. Uh, go ahead and check that out, Hold Drew. Hold that down and make a call. Oh, you talk into that yeah. stick? Yeah. I actually saw this. It's it's funny that we're so far behind in technology. I was in Italy three years ago, and they had this thing, and it just came out last year. Oh, those damn guineas. They get everything first, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, coming out, the movie, that is, uh, Monday. That's tomorrow night at uh, 9 o'clock on NBC. And uh, and uh, Drew and I were uh, sitting around talking about the days of uh, the old movies of the week that we grew up with that involved uh, the devil, most of them, uh, Satan's Triangle or Devil's Triangle, uh, the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, I don't hear much about the Bermuda Triangle anymore. Drew figured out, uh, Drew and I were sussed out in the airport in Atlanta today, that uh, I guess Satan uh, grew bored of of uh, Bermuda and the whole triangle thing, and he's moved on to other places. I think, I think the alien ship that was down there under underwater just, just uh, that was flew throwing home. everyone's compass off. Yeah, it flew home, or maybe it just ran out of power or yeah, something, yeah, and it absolutely. stopped screwing with everyone's compass. But in the old days of the TV movie of the week, there were uh, a lot of dogs being possessed by Satan, a lot of killer bees, a lot of animals gone wrong, and then of course uh, there was Satan, and then there was like Killdozer and stuff. These were good family movies where people could gather around and watch uh, farm equipment that was possessed uh, kill people. <laughs> now it's a more human in- interest, and it's more like uh, most the movies of the week are sort of uh, mother's nightmare. Well, it's, uh, you know, your best friend's mother's trying to have sex with you kind of movie of the weeks. Right. And, and uh, the, the kids run away. Or another good one is uh, a, lot of, a lot of date rape stuff and a lot of stuff about... Uh, uh, bad uh, husbands who have uh, got the kid and are trying to smuggle them to uh, Iraq or something. Right. This is a good one, too. So uh, uh, this is a more humanistic one. We're talking about uh, an important subject, which is well, uh, kids, every day. kids running away. And uh, it actually tries to make a little bit of a statement instead of scare the crap out of everyone. Right. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, it happens all the time. We're, we're, we see it every day. We see a, a homeless person probably every, every day of our life, and we're affected by it every day. Well, well half the bands we have in here are comprised <laughs> of people that were on the street <laughs> yeah. at one time or another. Uh, Mike, 17. Hi. Um, uh, Adam, Dr. Drew, I, uh, I really love your show. I listen to it every night. Um, and uh, uh, Mark, I, uh, I used to watch Shape of the Bell uh, every, every Saturday. Oh, thank you very much. Um, my question is, um, my girlfriend was uh, giving me a, a hand job, and um, I couldn't have an orgasm. I, I've had, I, it's worked in the past, um, but I don't know, maybe like three weeks ago, it just stopped working. That's good. 
That's progression. Are you? <laughs> That's Why? all that is. Why? Because uh, when you're young, uh, anyone touching your penis is exciting. Uh, the the dog comes by and licks you once, and uh, you ejaculate. When you get older, oh, I agree with the that. hand. I mean, uh, you you know you've been there. When you were like fifteen yeah. or sixteen, if a woman put her hand down your pants, that was huge. Right. I exactly. mean, I mean, you were scoring to if no I went, end. Yeah. If I if I got a hand up somebody, I was uh, I was you know. right. That was tremendous. Oh, it was huge. But now, as you yeah. get a little older, it moves on to oral, or it moves on to actual uh, um, uh, fornication, and you up the ante sexually. And the foreign hand uh, doing a worse job on your own penis than you could do yourself yeah. is no longer exciting. That's what's going on, Mark. You're progressing as a, a sexual human. It's a good human. thing. Mm. Maybe. Were you on any medication three weeks ago? No, no, no medication. Was this an anxiety-provoking situation in any, in any way? Um... With a lot of people around, or something like that. Uh, no. Like in a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, were you anxious for some reason? Were there like Mormons uh, in the vicinity? Uh, drive through. Were you, are, some guys with the bullhorns shouting out commands. Is your relationship okay with your girlfriend? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're doing great. Um, have you gotten other things sexually from her? Uh, uh no, just um, just, just manual. Just a hand. Yeah. You sure you weren't on any medication, even like cold medicine, over the counter, anything like that? No. Have you been manipulating yourself with regularity? Uh, no, no. 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 All right. Now I'm I'm dumbfounded because uh, what happens is is once a man hones his own skill, right? Uh, nothing else will do. I I I would rather do it myself than have uh, Claudia Schiffer (laughs) do it. I I really would. And you could probably do it better than she could. Absolutely, because you know what works. I would rather. I'd like. I'd say you know if Claudia offered. I would say, no, uh, hold on, Uh, Claudia, you just uh, mince around the foot of the bed. Uh, I'll take care of the penis manipulation. And uh, the the Copperfield, uh, you go uh, try to get those rings separated in the next room. You're breaking my concentration. Uh, Go pull some pride out of that hat next time, would you, you joker? Forget about the rabbit. All right, uh, Mike. Yeah. I'm guessing your penis is outgrown the hand. Hmm. That's all. It's time to move on. Okay. And to your, you know, uh, how close are you? Know. All right, all right. How close are you to sex? Um. Well, neither she nor I believe in sex before marriage. So all right. Uh, all right. Uh, this is how God had it planned. I uh, think you're uh, just anxious. Give about my hand something's job. Something's bugging you. Something's bugging you, Mark. I don't know what it is, but you're anxious. I mean, I, can't you hear how anxious he is? I mean, I, I can feel no, it. I'm, I'm really nervous because I like uh, listen to your show so much, and it's really weird too. Uh, it's actually. surreal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I feel the same surreal. way. It, Talking to Mike. Yeah, I'm always thinking about Mike, hearing about Mike. <laughs> <laughs> ruminating about Mike, and then here he is, and I'm, you know, I'm, I think I'm, it's a normal thing. He might have had an off day. I mean, maybe right, you know, right. I was. Uh, he, he may be ambivalent about being sexually active at yeah. all, which is what I'm picking up on, and uh, and so it's just you know, it's bugging you. It's ah, that's a good point. Uh, is is it a religious thing, Mike? Um, no, no. I mean, I just the only religious uh, uh, um, pro, uh, prohibition I have is just about the pure sex. I mean, the. Um, uh, manual stimulation or uh, you're comfortable or oral. That. That's that's fine. Oral, you're fine with too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the sign of the times, there, Adams. Really? Yeah, I mean, that, that in this day, the kids this day and age, uh, it's that's sort of like petting. Hey, here's sex. here's my take on that. If you're gonna uh, offend the maker, you might as well go all the way so you enjoy it as well. <laughs> and as long as you're going to hell, you might as well do it with a. You might as well get some. But by the way, Adam, you I'd hate to go to hell for a hand job. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Adam, you don't have to enlist uh, any religious issues for people to have healthy 
boundaries in their relationships. And, What's and that mean? I mean, they, they, just because young people don't want to be sexually active doesn't mean there has to be some religious overlay. I mean, they, they acknowledge that there right. may be something no, healthy about fine. waiting. But in Mike's uh, case, uh, that is a factor. And what Drew is uh, hypothesizing is that if you feel little guilt about uh, having sex or so much guilt that you were not going to have sex, certainly a hand job has to at least uh, tweak the guilt a meter just a little bit. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. There has to be some feelings attached to that. And by the way, that's one of the things I didn't like about that book you had me read. It was that they insisted so much that morality was attached to religion. It's not. It can, it can be, and in this society it often is, but morality is an, is an abstraction. It's something that people arrive at through the use of reason if they're doing it properly. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, a lot of people, and we don't want to turn this into a big religious debate because producer Ann hates us, but... A lot of people say, look, uh, in the absence of religion, how do you legislate people morally? Uh, how do you know what's right or wrong if, you, if it's not written in a Bible? Uh, uh, thou shall not kill. Uh, if you're not religious, uh, what does that mean to you? And my answer to that is no, duh. I mean, as a human being, you should know the difference between right, is right and wrong. You don't hurt others. You don't abuse others. You certainly don't kill others. And you don't steal from others. Uh, you, you do not need to take a, you know, go to catechism to, f- to learn this one out. Right. It's a no-brainer. That's right. I don't, I, care I, mean, how, I don't care if you worship Satan. Look, Ar- you Arist- still should know. Ar- Aristotle based a lot of his reasoning on just that. All right. Well, which band was he in? Robert, 16. Yeah. Um, I'm com- calling from Maryland. <laughs> Arist- Aristotle Smith. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Robert. Um, anyway, I got a little problem. Um, I'm now 16 and uh, um, junior in high school, and when I was a freshman, I met this senior at school, and I was messed up on a trip that we went to for the band, and um, I think I went came on to it too hard. You you were high. Yeah, weed mostly weed and speed. What'd you play in the band? Not the Trombone. tuba. Trombone. Yeah. All right. So and um, now. Um, she's graduated 19, and she's still coming on to me hard. And, I mean, she's beautiful and all. It's not that. It's just that, you know, I really don't want her. Why not? Well, I mean, right now, and I'm just totally screwed up. Why? What's up? Uh, well, it's because of, like, my mental state. What's the matter? Um, when I was 12, me and my mom, my grandma had just died, and um, me and my mom, we just sort of had it out one day, and she shot at me. With no. a, she pulled out a gun, a rifle. Yeah. Oh right. Oh. What do you mean you had it out? What, what were you fighting about? Well, believe it or not, it was over um, a pair of pants. Uh, this is why it's important for every household in America to have a firearm, uh, because sometimes uh, I'm not being facetious here. You need to protect your trousers uh, from your children. <laughs> Uh, forget about the criminals breaking into the house. Uh, worry about the kids in the house that are actually uh, stealing pants. That's yeah, a, very no, important. No, no, not wearing the right pair of pants. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. was, was that the argument? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. You're wearing I mean, baggy pants? No. Um, she said they weren't clean. I had just washed them. Well, maybe she may have had a point uh, uh, with the gun. I, mean, I was like, whatever. But um, was all right, your, she was, shot at you, and how seriously did she shoot at you? Uh, because well, ever, I mean, there's still some question about it, you know, because like, <coughs> um, she she she's never really been a good shot. You know? Oh, please. No, uh, no. I mean, listen, you everyone's guys. folks have fired a round uh, or two don't. off over their head just to straighten out the kid. But did she really aim at you? Yeah. Oh, she did. Yeah. Oh, for I mean, oh. 
Before that, uh, she, she used to let me use it. And was she on drugs at the time? Huh? No, she's. Where's never Dad? Used drugs. My, they've been separated since I was four. Why? Because basically because of me. He smokes a lot and everything, and I have asthma. Oh please. So that's what I was told. Yeah, well, that mom, mom is is. Is she fired it in the air, or did she no, fire it at him? At you, at me. Like, mom, mom is full of crap nothing. all the way around. Was it head high, or was it like was she going? What for difference does it make? You guys, oh, well. come on! She shot a gun at her son. I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if it was like at the head, or if it was at your foot, or something. Twelve I mean, year olds can be very difficult, Jerome. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was a little, well, a little bastard at the right. time. She was yeah, trying see? to wound him. I mean, come on, teach him a lesson. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest about it. You know, but. I mean that—that's not re- really where the problem. Robert, wait, oh, yeah, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, it yeah. is where it is. Forget about the uh, trombone. Adam, yes. Um, trust me, there's more. Oh really? Yeah, all right. Right uh, before this, I'm all ears. Right before. Right before this, my grandma had died. Yeah. And she had basically been raising me. Yeah. And um, when she died, I just like went crazy about it. Yeah. yeah. And then shortly after, one of my cousins he got me into drugs, and like that's that's like around the time when um, my main drug use started. And I was put in, I've been put since then in seven different mental hospitals for it. Really? Yeah. Now, where are you now? Are you in high school? I'm, yeah, I'm in high school at my house. So, because, like, last year I was from, like, May to November in, like, a hospital, you know, one hospital at a time. Right. And then I got out, and then I went back and forth for, like, three three months and then came home. Uh, all right, so you're doing like homeschooling now? No, actually, I'm at at public school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and uh, right, wait, let's just step aside from this girl for just one second. You're in the tenth grade or eleventh? Eleventh grade. Yeah. And uh, you're attending school regularly. Yeah. And uh, mom is hidden the gun. She got rid of it. Oh, um, really? I, before I hope oh, I'm not crazy. Um, before I even. Det- I, I even thought about coming home. I, I forced her to get rid of it. Um, All right. I, I press. I was ready to press charges. Good. And everything. Good. Now, now, how's mom doing? Uh, I guess okay. I mean, she. We don't really talk a lot because, I mean, now I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to like try to pull myself back together somewhat. But are you living with her? Yeah. Okay, but you guys don't communicate too much. Not as much as we used. To. And do you communicate with dad at all? None. Not. Yeah, he all smokes, right. gives him asthma. All right. So, Dad's a. The, all right. Here, Robert. I'm, yeah. I'm shaking uh, the big etch sketch with Robert's name in it. We're starting new. Uh, you, you know, your dad uh, was, uh, um, you know, sort of a criminal in, in my in my understanding. Your, yeah. your mom is like a Ma Barker, for, yeah. for Christ's sake, with a gun. This is total chaos. Uh, no wonder you got into drugs. Everything was a mess, but that's all right. You got some counseling. You got your head screwed on straight now, and you're in school. Now, here's your job. Your job is to not screw up, and then you move out of the house, and then you just begin your life. Exactly. That's that's what I want to do, you see. But, but don't screw up in the meantime. I mean... Don't worry about the girl. Don't, don't worry about the girl. Yeah. She's going to be all right. She's, she's fine. Well, I mean, she's like she used to like call me every day, you know? Well... But and, I mean, she just keeps on pressing me about can it. Can you get the gun out just to get her <laughs> off her back just for a minute? <laughs> Ask Mom where she hid the gun just so you can get her uh, off be, her back. Be flattered that she'll get the message eventually. I don't think you have to be cruel to her, but she will get the message eventually. 
All right. Stay in school. Stay away from the gun. Good instinct not to go out with that girl, by the way. Good instinct not to go out with the girl. Do not pee, uh, piss off your mom. Uh, stay away from the drugs. And then uh, once you get out of high school, you just move out. You get a job. And uh, you don't have kids for a little while. And we'll be back. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Really? Loveline will be right back to deal with inflamed sensitive areas. Ah, Tommy John Wear. Love me some Tommy John Wear. Swap my entire underwear drawer out with Tommy John's T-shirts, underwear, underpants. My wife makes fun of me for saying underpants. I love this stuff. All of it. You, you won't go back. That, that, I, it's all I'm saying. Paul Bryan was ordering some today. He's talking to Gary, and he was like, uh, I want it because Adam says you won't go back. You will not go back. These are revolutionary undershirts. Designed to be tucked in. They don't, they don't come slopping out of your jeans. They stay tucked in. No excess bunching underneath your dress shirts. Breathable fabric. They never shrink. You don't get the bacon neck look. I am telling you, try the Tommy John wear, and you tell me that you like your old T-shirts better, and I'll slap you in the face and call you a liar. Go to TommyJohnWear.com, TommyJohnWear.com. Enter the promo code ADAM. Get 20% off your first order. It is unbelievable. They they gave me three of them to try out, and I sift through my drawer every time, and I order 10 more. TommyJohnWear.com. Promo code Adam. 20% off. You will never go back to what you're wearing. TommyJohnWear.com. that and is that's uh what band is this oh it is what was it that was smashing pumpkins that was like a soundtrack from a porn film or something all right no chance of the smashing pumpkins coming on the show in no no all right screw them i don't like them <laughs> but i'll tell you who i do like that would be uh, mark paul gossler mm-hmm. who's uh, here to talk about born in exile tomorrow night monday night Nine o'clock, NBC, and uh, there's going to be quite a soundtrack. Uh, the uh, the city's a buzz about the soundtrack to this, and uh, who would be some of the bands on that? Uh, Van Halen, uh, oh, Sarah yeah. McLaughlin, uh, a couple other, a couple other. Uh, actually, look in your TV guide because there's actually a list there. And what did they do? Uh, did they contribute? Uh, are they taking like um, songs of theirs that have? Uh, already been released and uh putting them in i'm not sure if they're they're released or if uh actually they're they're things that haven't been out yet producer um, Ann says uh yes oh they have been released oh okay so it'll be Shows like how uh, much i know about the soundtrack i'm an actor what do I, you know running with the devil will be playing on the <laughs> on the camaro when you guys are speeding out of right. town on your exactly. way to la and that exactly. kind of stuff but it's a good soundtrack actually and there uh, that was one of the the big things is that uh they the producer spent a heck of a lot of money uh, more than more than double 
uh, money on on getting good music for this movie of the week. Yeah, because normally they they don't. They just have like no. a Casio and uh, uh, Hans Zimmer's uh, uh, retarded cousin uh, bang something out. And, right, right. But they they spend a heck of a lot of money, and uh, it should be a good soundtrack. I haven't actually seen the final cut, but uh, here it's good. And well, now uh, will you be watching tomorrow night? Uh, probably, probably. You will. Yeah. I think so. Do you watch yourself? Uh, I mean, do you, you watch like uh, like if uh, Say by the Bell comes on, we watch it. Um, by myself, uh, it's still funny. As my wife likes to watch them when, uh, but I, I don't. I don't like to now. Uh, but because for you, it's like it's like watching it's like, like watching, home movies yeah, or something. It's like you know going through your yearbook. It's it's you know, and it, it, I feel embarrassed watching those those shows. You know, but I, I'm actually very proud of uh, of of this movie. So I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this. Uh, what about when the uh, Hawaiian episode comes oh, out? Boy. Yeah, no, oh boy! No, every uh, every uh, uh, Drew, we have to do Love Line from Hawaii. When are we going to Hawaii? <laughs> Eventually, everyone ends up in Hawaii and I, Vegas. Vegas too. We did. Oh, it, Vegas! Uh, yeah, Vegas is a good one. I don't know if the Brady's ever made it to Vegas though. They maybe, went maybe camping the, at the Grand Canyon. I do know that. Maybe the 1990s version will go to go to Vegas. All right, uh, Adam, 14. Yeah. Hey. How are you today? Good. I have a problem. I go to drug awareness meetings, and my mom forbids me to go to them, which I do. What do you mean drug awareness meetings? Well, it's um, meetings that help you stay away from drugs and stuff like that. Is this put on by D.A.R.E. or something? I don't quite know. You haven't you haven't gone to any of them? Yeah, I've gone, gone to two or three of them. What have you gone to? Just it's just meetings. They what meetings have you gone to? They have names. Well, he doesn't know. Wait a minute. You go to you don't go to an MA meeting and not know you're going to an MA meeting or an AA. They they it's quite clear what you're going to. They got loaded and wandered in. You going to Alatine? You going to Alatine? What? Was it Alatine? I did you go with a friend? Yeah. Oh, see, a friend took you. Yeah. Are you you on drugs or and um, what was discussed there? What was discussed? Uh. This stuff about drugs, what it does to you. No, like that. that's not. No, 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 no. Oh. Nope, he just made this up. Oh, he did. Yep. Okay. All right, Adam. We've right. Uh, we've decided you've made this up. Is okay. Oh, uh, you did make it up, didn't you? No. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Really? Really. Where was the meeting? It's in Bakersfield. Uh huh. At what kind of facility? Uh, it's a teen facility. Uh huh. Like a teen center? Yeah. Or a church? Not church. Okay. So these were just these were these were just meetings to go and discuss. These these weren't NA meetings. They weren't they weren't twelve step uh, meetings. True. They were just uh, information uh, meetings. Just, just stop and why did your mom? Why did you, why did your mom refuse to let you go? Because she thinks that since I'm off drugs now that I shouldn't go to them. And what drugs were you on? I was on marijuana, pot. Uh huh. And uh, how long's it been since you've been on it? Two months. Uh huh. And uh, were you forced to go originally? How how did you get off marijuana? Uh, she took me in for drug tests, and she kept taking me in. And every time I went in, they were positive. So, and I just kept getting grounded, stuff like that. All right. Uh, listen, here's the deal. Okay. Uh, obey your mother, and don't smoke any more pot. Okay. And go to bed. All right. All right. And go to Alatine or MA. The, the, the awareness means uh, I don't know what that is. Well, but, he doesn't uh, either. Go to go Listen, to I, you, Drew, half the stuff I described to you that I went to, you know I have no title or answer <laughs> for. What do you mean? 
you know, I mean, like I'll go, uh, uh, well, earlier today I went over to this place. Uh, uh, they got like a pump uh, and, and I put like a nozzle in my car and uh, some like uh, fluid. Uh, yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, no, it was a gas station. No, that's right. How yeah, now it? it's coming back to me. How old was it? 14. Yeah, see, 14, man. He doesn't know where he was. All he knows is that they talked about drugs. Uh, Please, Drew. All right. Relax over there. Uh, Oh. He might have that same thing that that one caller who was 28 and she didn't remember her past. He's already starting to forget it, see? (laughs) He's on the right track there, Adam. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm distracted because I'm trying to hang up on uh, young Adam. (laughs) I think they cut him the other room. Uh, I do. All right. Well, get rid of him and do something here. Uh, Here's what I'll do. I'll mash my hand in the keypad. Oh, jeez. What? Now, oh, jeez. Oh, the phones don't work. Um, okay. So what was it like working with Screech uh, all these years? <laughs> Why don't we go? <laughs> Hello? Hey, who is this? Hi, my name is Matt. Hey, Matt. Hi, uh, is this Loveline? <laughs> I don't know what's going well, on. Well, you just pat it on the phone. Why? That's what you got. Well, how come nothing's lit up? Well, talk to Matt. Oh, there we go. Hello? Matt, what's going on, hey, Matt? Hey, Matt. Hi. Hey, how old are you, Matt? Uh, I'm 27. Uh-huh. And, uh... You want to know where to meet dudes in your town? No. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm kind of... Uh, I go on the internet, and um, I'm having a, a kind of a problem. I, I live out here in Hollywood, and I came out here to um, kind of get into a band and pursue, like, music and stuff. Right. And, uh, but... Over the internet, I met a girl, and uh, she lives in Florida, and I uh, went down there to visit her, oh. Oh. and, uh, like, the, the sex was, like, really good and everything. Of course. And, um, but now it's like, I'm thinking of, like, actually giving everything up and moving to see her, to live with her in uh, Florida. Giving what up, though? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how's the band doing, man? Well... It's not going too good. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like looking to, to actually start a band. Oh, I see. But you're thinking about giving up, uh, not starting the band. Right. And right. like giving up, like. Hold on a second. Uh, uh, Mark, I was thinking about opening my own uh, chain of uh, fast food restaurants, uh-huh. but um, no, I'm going to give it up and stay, stay with radio. It okay. was a dream uh, and the salon. But uh, I'm giving that up as well, Matt, and I'm going to stick with radio. Well, I, I visited her twice. Right. And just in the last three months. And, what what, uh, is, she, how you, what is she doing out there? Yeah, how are you getting how the you money? For, I, What's that? How do you pay for that? Uh, well, my parents kind of helped me to fly out there to see her. And, uh, I mean, I do have a job. I w- yeah, but you can't. You can't. <laughs> what kind of work? Never pay for do? two flights out to well, Florida. Well, I work in a video store. Ah, I knew it. Didn't I tell you all the dregs of society? All the guys who can't make it in a punk band uh, work behind the counter at the video store. Yeah, well, um, because they'll hire anyone. Appearance uh, makes no never mind to the video store owners. All right, Matt. Listen, uh, this is foolhardy at best. Uh, stay here and pursue your dreams, and if, uh, if if it's meant to be, she can come out and visit you for a change. Well, Florida's not that you bad, think? though. Yeah, and listen, uh, when you're in Hollywood, you don't have to get on the Internet to f- drum up chicks from other parts of the country and go fly out and see them. If you can't get laid in Hollywood, you're doing something wrong. Uh, you There's need- an abundance here, isn't there? Yeah, when you're uh, from uh, uh, Bum F, uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and uh, you're living in a, in a uh, Sears tool shed in the middle of a snowdrift, and you have no connection to the outside world, uh, yes, then you have to get on the computer and drum up a date. Right. 
when you work at a video store and you live in Hollywood, uh, there there are many, many women uh, just on your block that you have to go through before you actually get out. Hell, before you even get into the valley. Am I right, Drew? Yes. All right. We're going to break. (laughs) Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy. Have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Loveline will be right back. Hey, this is Greg Fitzsimmons, host of Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One. Join me and my guests, such as John Hamm, Zach Galifianakis, Jimmy Kimmel, Corolla, Hardwick, Rogan, all the big guns are with me. We talk about what it's like in Hollywood, behind the scenes, the real deal, the rage against middle age. Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One, the home of podcasting. Paul, thank you very much for coming in. Um, appreciate it. Thank we you. appreciate it. Born in Exile, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. on NBC, uh, dealing with runaway children, uh, an important topic, something that we get into ourselves here, and uh, we urge you to check it out. Also, they got a big fat soundtrack and everything else on and there. And real-life homeless kids, uh, pictures of that. Uh, right. So that you can call in afterwards and uh, hopefully identify. Somebody. And if you are homeless uh, or a runaway, uh, watch it. You may you may see yeah. yourself on national or, TV. Or you may, and if there's you're also, thinking about running away, you might learn exactly. about what actually happens. And there's also a, a, a number at the end of the movie for the National Center. For Do you have to uh, taft hardly uh, uh, the people you show? or Eventually. They don't get a piece of that? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, enough inside uh, acting comedy, or at least an attempt at it. So uh, until tomorrow night, when you will see, uh, actually, I'm going home for an enema and uh, a shower, and I'm going to cleanse myself. I, I really am, Drew. I'm going to scrape my innards out. I'm going for a plaque scraping uh, yes. when I get home. Do you do that yourself? Yes. The enema. Oh yes. Really? I'll give you one too. Oh, let's you go. Hang Come out. on. All let's right. Go. All right. <laughs> Please. Uh, until next time, Sam Crawford, Doctor Drew, saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.